On July 30th, 2029, Baltimore turns 300. The Baltimore 2029 site exists to both celebrate the best of our home and to think out loud about the changes we want to see when we hit that milestone. If you look at median income and education rates, the Baltimore Metro is one of the most affluent areas in the country. We've had tremendous gains in cybersecurity, ed tech, biotech, and financial services. As a community, we don't do a good enough job of promoting the positives that do exist, and every positive gets drowned out by the negatives. We believe that if you grew up and or live in the Baltimore area, Anne Arundel, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Carroll, Hartford, Howard, you are from Baltimore. Let's all acknowledge the issues we face while also doing a better job of touting our strengths. There are opportunities for you to help create solutions to our problems and opportunities here for you to benefit from our existing positives. How will you be a part of a better tomorrow in Baltimore? The conversations we do have have to be focused on addressing what we can address, correcting what we can correct. Transformation can come to this city if we collectively agree to build together. Let's build the city we want to have. Let's build together. Hello and welcome in to the first episode of Baltimore 2029. I'm Chris Stoner. Uh, some background on myself. I'm the owner of Baltimore Sports and Life or BSL small media company, which covers the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps. As a part of Baltimore Sports and Life, we operate the networking events, Baltimore Metro Business Development, or BMBD, at least when there is not a pandemic going on. Typically, we're doing three of those events per year, uh, bringing together 200 C-suite uh, types with um, topics and speakers that resonate across that larger audience. And in March of 2018, we launched a business development group called Pace Setters. Pace Setters is comprised of 70 companies and organizations. You can learn more about Baltimore Sports and Life at baltimoresportsandlife.com. You can learn more about BMBD and Pace Setters at baltimorepacesetters.com. Uh, the other news there with Pace Setters is that we'll be launching a second chapter of our group, uh, this, this one in Annapolis later here in 21. Baltimore 2029 is another component of Baltimore Sports and Life. Uh, we launched the site, Baltimore 2029, last uh, February, right before the pandemic uh, took hold. Uh, we had, had a collaborative video uh, compiled. Our partners at Black Oak Visuals did a fantastic job. We had interviewed 15 local leaders uh, and getting their thoughts and having this collaborative video. So take a look at the site. Uh, the podcast, uh, this is new for us. Um, I'm just in future episodes, you will have more than just myself. We'll bring in on local leaders uh, of some of the most innovative companies locally. Uh, we'll get their thoughts. Well, uh, other local leaders as well, some civic groups. So I look forward to having their perspectives and you'll be more entertained hearing uh, their thoughts than mine. Today though, I just wanted to give you some background on uh, why I launched the site and why we're doing this podcast. So the intent with Baltimore 2029 is really to celebrate the best of our home and to think out loud about the changes we wanna see when Baltimore turns 300 in 2029. 
So if you go to the about page of the site, you'll see some background, uh, you know, that I laid out my thoughts. Uh, as I say, state there, you might conceptually agree with some, uh, you might agree with none. If, if you don't agree with any of my opinions, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I respect that. And if you have better ideas, I'm all for that. I'm simply posting uh, my thoughts as talking points with the belief that it's going to take a collective effort to bring about the, uh, the needed change I think we all want to our home. Um, so some of my ideas are grandiose, some are minimal. Um, but overall, my basic thoughts are that if you look at median income and you look at education rates, the Baltimore metro is one of the most affluent areas in the country. We've had tremendous gains in cybersecurity, ed tech, biotech, and financial services. As a community, we just don't do a good enough job of promoting the positives that do exist. And every positive uh, gets drowned out by the negatives. I'm of the belief that if you grew up and or live in the Baltimore Metro, Anne Arundel, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Carroll, Harford, or Howard, you're from Baltimore. And that if we as a whole want to rid the city of the social ills which damage all of us, whether you live in Canton, or Cadensville, or Ellicott City, or Bel Air, or Glen Burnie, or Westminster, it's going to take a group effort. It should be clear to the metro as a whole that we can no longer turn a blind eye towards the ills which have ravaged Baltimore City for too long. Here are some of my ideas, and again, I, I don't have all the answers. These are just talking points. We're going to bring on other leaders uh, and their perspectives, get their thoughts, their ideas. These are some of mine. Uh, if you have better ideas, I do want to hear them. Uh, I would like to see, uh, I think, partner each public city high school with a manufacturing, construction, or cybersecurity company. Uh, in each high school, I'd like to see uh, us build training centers for either skilled labor or coding. Um, some of the ideas generally there or that as I talk to our uh, manufacturing construction leaders, uh, they're having trouble finding enough skilled labor. And you don't have to go to uh, college to make really good money if you have um, if you have that skilled background. Uh and, you know, same thing for cybersecurity. We're touting ourselves, the Baltimore region, as future cybersecurity capital of the country. Uh, so let's build up that pipeline further. Uh, the ideas that I have are basically the participating companies would gain the potential of developing their future talent, uh, but they should also be provided with additional incentives for participation. And then the commercial construction companies would be asked to do some renovation at each high school future city and state contracts awarded to the companies who provided those school renovations. All students who are on track can participate uh, to graduate, all students who are on track to graduate can participate at the respective high school training centers. And then participating students would graduate with what would be labeled as a phase one certification. And then maybe the participating companies partner to build a phase two tech training center within the city uh, Port Covington would be the preferred location, in my opinion. And then with a phase two certification, those graduates become priority hires for, uh, again, those manufacturing, construction, and cybersecurity jobs.
Her second main idea is that there are about 16,500 abandoned houses in Baltimore. I'd like to see uh, half torn down, which is about 88,250, and then renovate the other half. Uh, that costs money. So who's going to do that? I'd like to see the housing tear down and reconstruction completed by uh, Baltimore Metro residential construction companies and have that cost, the cost of reconstruction fronted by Bank of America, CareFirst, COPT, Constellation, Howard Bank, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Kelly, Lake Mason. Well, sorry, uh, Lake Mason has now left the city, but Lupin, McCormick, m t Bank, Pandora, SCNH Group, uh, Sinclair, Stanley Black & Decker, T. Rowe Price, Under Armour, you know, uh, the blue blood leaders uh, of our uh, of our city, of our home. So after you've renovated uh, that half and you've torn down uh, the other half, take one half of the renovated property sold with the sponsoring companies being reimbursed for their sales. Uh, it benefits those companies fronted the money. You take the renovated properties that are sold and you pay those companies back. Yeah, we're, we're asking those companies to put uh, front the bill on their shoulders and let's find a way to for them to recoup the, the, that expense. And take the other half, again, 4,125 of the renovated properties and award those to a percentage of, again, the phase two graduates we mentioned in our initial point, and then take other renovated houses uh, and provide to police, fire, and teachers. All awarded houses come with a contingency that the owner must utilize as their primary residence for uh, to be determined amount of years. Our third talking point is have, uh, again, those blue blood leaders, uh, Bank of America, Care First, COPT, Constellation, Howard Bank, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Kelly, Lupin, McCormick, m and Bank, Pandora, SCNH Group, Sinclair, Stanley Black & Decker, T. Rowe, Price, and Under Armour donate funding necessary for construction renovation of Baltimore's 10 police and 38 fire stations. Uh, having those renovations completed by Baltimore Metro commercial construction companies. Uh, biggest reason there is that morale can be at times low with uh, uh, police and fire. Uh, and, you know, renovating their respective stations and uh, having a clean, modern workplace uh, that can only help. Our fourth point would be to have uh, those companies lead a dollar-to-dollar -dollar match with the small business community and general public for combating blight, bay restoration, waterfront improvement, and green city initiatives. Uh, the kind of totals I had in mind were $200 million towards blight, $300 million towards bay restoration or waterfront improvement, and $200 million towards green city initiatives, uh, really, which would uh, change the city uh, perception-wise uh, dramatically. Uh, 
Our fifth talking point is to make immediate cosmetic improvements on the entrances into the city via I-95, I-83, Edmondson Avenue, US-40, uh, etc. Utilize local architects and landscape architects and landscaping, landscaping companies for this work. In the overall scheme of things, this is a lower priority. But these are entries uh, to the city. These are the front of your house and your first impressions. Give incentives for participation. Award future city and state contracts to the companies which participate. Our sixth talking point is finalize plans for con convention center expansion. It seems clear to me this is going to require a combination of private, city, and state financing. Baltimore is now 80th or higher nationally in convention space, uh, meaning Baltimore is now missing out on numerous conventions with similar sized markets taking more of their share and without the ability to compete for the larger events. Uh, these conventions are, you know, when you don't have a pandemic going on, are huge, uh, can be huge uh, fundraising opportunities for cities. You bring in large groups that otherwise would not be here. They take advantage of, they stay in your hotels, uh, they go to your restaurants, uh, they come back, uh, you know. We have the convention center, we have the convention center hotel, uh, the convention center space is not large enough. This needs to be a priority. The seventh point, uh, and I realize uh, others will disagree, particularly here, is that I feel like a new arena should go together with convention center expansion. Uh, if you do it in conjunction with convention center expansion, it goes from being a luxury to more of a priority. Because if as a city and a state, you ultimately build a new arena, you want a space that has the requisite amount of skyboxes and total seats that could play up in time if there was eventually enough corporate dollars to go around to support a third major league team in Baltimore. Meaning just because Baltimore is not going to attract or financially support an NBA or NHL team in the immediate future, you should not be building something from the beginning which would never be capable. Ideally, it would be a 12,000 seat uh, uh, arena with the ability to e easily increase capacity to roughly 18,500 seats if later need demanded it. So if it's a given that the NBA or NHL would not be moving to Baltimore anytime soon, what outside of helping land larger conventions could a new arena help with? Well, it's a number of ways. Uh, additional development in the surrounding area uh, yeah, if you build an arena, it should be in West Baltimore. And if you have that new arena space that can facilitate further growth around the arena. Uh, you can bring in larger conference tournaments, uh, college conference tournaments like the Big Ten, or potentially the ACC or the Atlantic Ten or uh, the Colonial and the MEAC. Uh, you can have host NCAA regionals. That hasn't happened in over 20 years. You can probably host NBA and NHL regular season games. Uh, Ted Leonis, owner of the Washington Capitals and Washington Wizards, uh, claims Baltimore. Some regular season Wizards and Capital games should be plausible with a new arena. You can have college, high school, and AAU showcases. And obviously you can run all the current events with a cons consistently higher level of acts. Uh, our eighth talking point is, might be 
one of the uh, most important is that there needs to be mass transportation improvement. Not just within the city or the Baltimore Metro, but within connection to the DC Metro. The Greater Washington Partnership argued for more local control. Uh, the Northwest Maglev, uh, that's a concept that's fairly interesting. Montgomery County has a developer proposing a monorail for I-270. Uh, we've seen the Hyperloop uh, uh, talk. At some point, we need we need a, a better alternative of mass transportation, and I would hope this would be a priority for all. And the reason you wanted to connect to the DC Metro is that the DC Metro, uh, uh, if you had easier access there, uh, you would have more people from from Baltimore making that. Uh, commute to D.C. with some higher paying jobs. Our ninth talking point is to reimagine Harbor Place. Uh, the development needs to be, in my opinion, needs to be more high end, more in line with what you'd see at National Harbor. Combination of innovative companies and maybe a restaurant row. Uh, I would like to suggest that we go and target emerging startups and creatives, uh, particularly restaurant doors in the most expensive cities in the U.S. to live and give them financial incentives, including space, capital, and tax cuts to bring their operations to Baltimore. Some of their spaces could be in this new Harbor Place. Uh, Harbor Place is you know, supposed to be a showcase for the city. Uh, so let's showcase you know, what we do best, uh, you know, our restaurants, and let's show some of our most innovative companies, and let's show that there is more to Baltimore than what is currently known. Our 10th point is uh, I'd like to suggest on a monthly basis there should be a meeting where the following parties attend. Uh, the mayor of Baltimore, along with the county executives of Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County, Harford County, and Howard County, and one of the Carroll County Commissioners. Uh, I think the heads of the Greater Baltimore Committee, the Economic Alliance of Greater Baltimore, Baltimore Development Corporation, TEDCO, Maryland Tech Council, Visit Baltimore, Emerging Tech Centers, and the uh, World Trade Center uh, Institute. I think they should all be a part. And then Care First, Constellation, Johns Hopkins, McCormick, T. Rowe Price, and Under Armour. Uh, their CEOs should be represented. The goal is to bring all of these respective leaders on a regular basis to discuss advancement for the Baltimore Metro as an entire uh, entire entity. So again, our purposes here is let's acknowledge the issues we face while also doing a better job of touting our strengths. Let's have the conversations uh, that we need to have. And those conversations have to be focused on addressing what we can address correcting what we can correct. Transformation can come to the city if we collectively agree to build together. Let's build the city we want to have. So in the coming weeks, I look forward to uh, bringing on, uh, again, many local leaders, uh, getting their thoughts and perspectives. I want to hear from you. What do you agree with of our talking points? What do you disagree? What are your ideas? Well, you know, I'm not married to any of my ideas. They're just talking points. I'm just putting it out there as somebody that loves our home. Um, and one of the reasons I love our home is because of the people I've met uh, locally. Uh, it's been really rewarding in some of our different entities to meet lots of lo local leaders 
uh, to hear their thoughts, to see uh, their investments uh, in time, money, and effort, and sweat and blood into our home. Uh, and I, I know there's a lot of good here, and I want to champion the good and the issues that we uh, that do that do exist. I want us to work together and uh, correct what we can correct. So I hope we can be part of the solution. This will be a long-term uh, venture for me, obviously up until 2029, and then <laughs> probably in, in some fashion after that for the rest of my life. Um, but we're going to, up until 29, I anticipate we'll do at least one of our larger Baltimore Metro business development networking events per year with the focus of Baltimore 2029. I'm going to keep this uh, podcast going uh, weekly for years. Uh, I imagine we'll do more video interviews at some time. I encourage you again to go to the Baltimore 2029 site, see the collaborative video, see the thoughts of the 15 leaders we interviewed this past year. You can also go to the interview tab uh, and see, I'm sorry, the interview tab has been changed to uh, media. Uh, on that tab, you can see, the interviews that we had with those leaders in their entirety. I uh, get to know them, uh, get to know uh, their companies. These are the people who are really championing our home. Yeah, support them. My thanks for listening to this uh, initial episode. I promise in the future it'll be more entertaining as, as you hear thoughts that are not just mine, but my thanks. Uh, and uh, let's go Ravens this weekend. Take care.